Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellowship. I am your host, the fellow KGB. We are joined tonight by John Heffernan. We're going to be hanging out, doing our Tuesday night hangout. We have a couple injuries and some things to get into, but uh, for the most part, man, John, how are you doing? Good, man. Good. Um, I've somehow avoided this injury plague, but um, it seems like it's coming from every for everybody, and my time will will come soon enough, I'm sure. <laughs> and of course, the big news was Jamal Murray torn ACL. This happened last night, but the news was like official today. Um, so this one, this one's a tough one. I know you had some people in the chat room here asking who is going to be the guy that we should be picking up. Uh, there's a couple of interesting options here. Actually, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna change our filters here just and go to Denver right away. Um, so I actually I picked up uh, Facundo Campazzo. Uh, I don't like his. He's only got two games. Like Denver's only only got a couple games this week. Um, but long term, I don't know. I don't know if if Monte Morris might be the pickup here. PJ Dozier. Is there anybody here that you think like gets the biggest bump with Jamal Murray out for the year? I don't even. I, I'm surprised that Dozier's listed as a point guard. I mean, I haven't watched a million Denver games, but I'm pretty sure he plays like small forward, wing, kind of like the Barton uh, position. Um, but uh, yeah, Compazzo, Morris, they're, they're they they stand to gain a lot of extra minutes. Um, what they're going to do with them? I think I probably like Compazzo a little more. Um, but Denver really, I mean, they, Denver likes both of these players. They've, you know, Composo's new this season. Previously, Morris kind of held down their um, their backup point guard spot. But I think both of them are going to play. I think both of them are going to be better. Is one of them going to dominate and take over? That's a really interesting question. Um, my, if I had to bet on one of them, I would bet on Composo. But it's it's kind of a crapshoot more than anything. And I mean, if I remember correctly, there were like. Fagundo had he had a run in like February. Where he was just putting up a lot of numbers. So he has like when he gets minutes, he has been productive. If you look at his last five games where he gets over 20 minutes, uh, he's got a couple floor games here, 12, 15, and 19. But I'm just looking at him hopefully averaging somewhere around 24 points, hopefully for the rest of the season. You know, getting getting these averages here. If you look at the last seven days, he's been averaging 25 minutes per game, eight points. Couple of rebounds, a few assists, and some steals, and uh, the block every now and then. But I think I think he's going to be the the guy that like directly moves into the starting lineup. I was yes. looking at their, um, well, I was looking at their their depth chart earlier today with this news. Let me go to this, and they moved him right into there. So yeah, of would be the prim- like the primary backup. So I do think if you're looking for somebody, I don't think maybe this week. You know, if if you're looking week to week, maybe he's not your guy. But if you're looking long term. Um, you know, this is this is the guy that you're looking for. So just based on the week 16 schedule here, uh, Denver only three games this week, and they played last night. So, <clears throat> so not the best like in terms of short term. But if you look after this week, he's got Denver plays four games the rest of the way every week. So I, I do like him as a long term hold here. Uh, but I don't know any other like final thoughts on Denver. Does this hurt Jokic? Like, or does to me, my head went off and said Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a beast. The rest, he's going to get some shots, like a lot of shot attempts. Uh, but any like, I guess, I don't know, final thoughts on Denver, Jamal Murray. Mm. Yeah, I mean Porter Jr. definitely is the name that comes to mind. Um, Gordon, perhaps as well. Um, you know, Murray is you know he's ball handling and he's shooting. So I think Porter Jr. kind of fits that missing P you know, that what's missing there a little more. Um, but Porter jr. Has, I don't know. He's not, 
he hasn't shown it all quite yet. I think he's got what it takes, but he's still pretty young. I'm not sure if he can pull it off, but um, you know, he's he's having a great year, and and perhaps this could be kind of what jettisons him to. And well, he's having a good year, and this could be what jettisons him to a great year. So, I think he's the guy that if you could buy low right now, if your trade deadline hasn't passed or anything, he's probably the guy I would try to snag from Denver. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this hurts Jokic. In fact, and it, it somehow could potentially help him. Uh, maybe a couple of his easier assists will go away. But he's so creative as a passer. Um, I think he's still he's still going to maintain really good assists. And um, you know, this is potentially going to force his hand to be more of a scorer, even more of a focal point of the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's you know, look, if we just look at this right now, you see uh, multiple games on his uh, you know stat on, on the past you know month, give or take, where he's got um, you know points in the teens. Mm-hmm. Um, if Denver wants to compete, that's probably not just, you know, he's not going to, he's going to have to bump those offensive scoring numbers up. So, so there's a chance this could actually help Jokic in my opinion. Um, but I, at worst, I don't think it changes him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, still a super stud. So I think Porter Porter is probably the most interesting piece in Denver and then follow that up by the two backup point guards, Morris and Composo, who we just talked about Gordon, Maybe, but I just there's 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 not a lot of overlap between Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. um, so I don't I don't think he's he's going to add much. But but again, I mean Murray's off the court for you know there's 30 extra minutes available and a lot of shooting and scoring within those minutes. So you know anyone who can pick up the slack is you know Denver might even modify their offense a little bit as a result of this loss. So mm-hmm. um, I would just keep an eye on the team this week and next week and see what the heck. You know how it all shakes out, and keep an eye on Will Barton too. He's been a pretty consistent veteran. He doesn't have like a really high ceiling, but uh, his floors are pretty nice. Um, so I did want to go back and yep. look at because I did see like James Wiseman also done for the year. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember if there's anybody else that just recently uh, recently got uh, diagnosed with some bad news here. Uh, but Murray's for sure. Beasley, of course. I don't know what's up with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but Wiseman is done for this season. I'm trying to see if anybody else here. We have a question on when when Jared Allen is coming back. I thought I heard uh, tomorrow. <clears throat> I thought I heard tomorrow for Jared Allen. Let me see if I can find him on the list here. Injury apocalypse, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a never-ending kick in the balls. Um why isn't Jared Allen showing up here? Did he get lifted off the off the? Yeah, hey, I just saw him. I just saw him. If you scroll down a little more, or you just there have Afro. Okay. <laughs> he went through practice on Tuesday. He remains questionable for Wednesday, but there's a. I th- he's a good. Ch- if he, if he doesn't play Wednesday, I would assume that maybe the next game he's going to be back. So this is you know the week that he should be returning to the floor. That's probably going to eat into some of the other Cavaliers big guys minutes. So. If you've been holding on to Jared Allen, it's going to be sometime this week, I think. Here, um, but yeah, I've been also. Awesome. Right. I've been waiting for like updates and reports. Like, is Giannis? Is Giannis? Uh, what's up with Giannis? Has he been? I saw. I thought I saw he. Pra- yeah, he practiced fully today, so he's on the verge of returning. So that's good news there. Uh, Harden and Kyrie are both out tonight too. I think. Yeah, Harden for sure. He's still out. Um, yeah, we still got a couple more. Maybe, maybe the weekend he'll be back. I saw LeBron James had like a three-week timetable still. 
Uh, he's on track to return in three weeks, so maybe by maybe by May we can get him back for fantasy uh, our fantasy playoffs here. And I'm still waiting for news on SGA. It sounds like he's going to get a report maybe at the end of the week. So I don't know. It's just uh, there's so many injuries. It's uh, probably going to slow play with SGA. Um, right. DeAndre Hunter getting hurt for the second time, and now he's pretty much essentially done for the season. Or really stinks because he was he was a lot of fun and having a good year. Atlanta though, um, man. Atlanta's been playing good ball lately. Move yeah, up. absolutely. I mean, Trey Young is banged up, and and they lost Hunter again. They lost Reddish. I mean, they're they're kind of hurting for wings, but they just they just they're they're hotter now than they've been all year, and they some something is clicking for them. It's it's weird. It seems like the more Trey Young struggles, <laughs> the better they get. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with that. But so I saw some uh, some Bogdanovich questions in the chat room. He's been like their best player lately. He's been super hot. Yeah, I mean, he's taking like we just said, you know, the the wing, the wing injuries, definitely opening up a lot of opportunity. And then Trey Young has missed a few games recently, and he's just been, I think he's got some sort of nagging injury, um, but I'm not exactly sure what it is. He might even have multiple. But um, but Bogdan has been, he's he's absolutely taken out, like taking control of the opportunity. He's been playing lights out for sure. Yeah, I, he's a guy. You know, if, if you can. So if someone's willing to sell him right now, um, he could be really interesting because Hunter's not probably not coming back for the you know the fantasy playoffs. Reddish has been injured a lot this season, and like I said, I, I really think these nagging Trey Young injuries are not necessarily going away any I mean, anytime soon. He's he's been dealing with these for two three weeks now, so this opportunity is absolutely there. Herder's a great player, a good player, but he's just not like a of an offensive centerpiece. He's more of a catch-and-shoot type guy. So Magnon is really the last kind of backcourt player along with Lou Williams who can, you know, do anything off the dribble. Herder, like in a 12-man league, though, Kevin Herder needs to be owned. He's been, you know, over the last six games, he's been over 20 points in all of those. He's only about 45% owned. So, like, there's, you know, small percentage chance that he's out there for you. Um, Why is he – that's surprising to me. He's He's pretty good. He's super consistent too. He's not a category guy. I think that might, you know, limit some of the ownership there too. So that's a good point. Yeah. But uh, Gallinari, he is. He's been <laughs> at a hell of a march, and now he's starting to miss some games with a foot injury, is an ankle or a foot injury. I can't remember. Um, but I, I had to let him go. I was, uh, I was benefiting, but uh, looks like just too many injuries mounting up over there in Atlanta. Um, you and you know you and Drake uh, have definitely been riding the Gallinari bus this year the most, and it's it's fun to see because Gallo he's actually I mean like you said he had a great march he had definitely a, a stretch of time when Drake owned him looks like um, oh shoot I even owned him and that was Schmitty that got him <laughs> it was Schmitty that had him yeah not Drake but um, but yeah there's he's he's been he's been a tease all year. <laughs> I want to get to one of these questions in the chat room here. What's going on, Lucius? Thank you for hanging out. Uh, he's asking for the rest of the season, who would you go with, TJ McConnell or Dylan Brooks in a points league? Um, let me pull up our handy-dandy comparison tool. I'm going to say, before we get there, I'm going to say McConnell, but I, I think I want to, I want to see it. Um, I know uh, the broad, we talked about the Brogdon injury maybe two weeks ago, Kyle, maybe, maybe even last week. It, sometimes this stuff blurs together a little bit, but – um, McConnell is a super exciting piece given that situation. So over their last seven days, they're basically the same 28 points per game, roughly last 15 days, slight edge to TJ McConnell, 
Mm, last 30 days is still a slight edge to McConnell for the season. We're looking at basically neck and neck. So let's get into this. <laughs> this is a tough one. What a, that's a hell of a question. I mean, they are twins. <laughs> I, I still say McConnell, um, but but Brooks has obviously been pretty darn consistent this season, and he, especially for a points league, his off his his just straight up scoring is very consistent. And he's like over like, the course of the season, he's getting about four more minutes per game. I don't know. Let me see the last seven here. See if they're neck and neck. He's getting a good six more minutes. So this actually might make me make might push me towards Dylan Brooks here. Uh, just, because, just look how consistent this score is, all these double digits, and then the fact that he can kind of trickle in and get something in almost every column. Um, I might say I'll t I might take Dylan Brooks here. Um, but you make a good point with Malcolm Brogdon being potentially in and out. And uh, what's what are the Pacers up to right now? They're still in the playing game, so um, they have a little bit of a lead here. So maybe there's not a lot of urgency to play Brogdon. So I could see McConnell kind of being – uh, a main focal point in there, but I think I'm going to roll with the minutes and then the just Dylan Brooks is a good shooter. He's one of the more underrated, uh, like two guards, I think in the league. Yeah. I, I think I made my decision assuming Brogdon doesn't come back or he's like super sketchy, you know, like, you know, plays a game here and doesn't, you know, rests a bunch in the fantasy playoffs. But if Brogdon comes back sooner than my assumptions, Brooks is the obvious choice. And given also, you know, a little more positional flexibility, shooting guard especially is probably one of the hardest roster spots to fill out unless you, you know, draft a bunch of them. Um, so, you know, Brooks Brooks is probably the safest choice for sure there. Uh, we, got, we got some fun action going on in the chat room tonight. They're saying Jackson, <laughs> biggest bust award on the – we should do – like we can do end of season award show maybe. Um but so far, I, I would Jaron Jackson the biggest bust award. Uh, can you give the bu can you give a bust award to a player who hasn't played a game yet, like an injury yeah, but, related player? Like I, that, I, that, that, that you've been doing fantasy stuff for a long time, Kyle. So I'll let you make the call there. But I, I wonder if the injury, you know, he's been injured. So does that invalidate him potentially? I mean, he was a seventh round draft pick in this league, right? So maybe maybe we give it to him with an asterisk and. I'm trying to think of anybody else that would pop out and maybe make sense that's actually played and really underperformed with that playing time. Um, it's a tough question because we, we we spend so much time kind of focusing on people who are balling out. Yeah. Um, Let me scroll. I wonder. You know, Siakam, Siakam's a good choice. Siakam is a decent choice. He was a pretty, pretty consensus second, third round pick, and he's, you know, Barely holding on to, you know, top twenty-five, top thirty-five status, at least in a points league. Let me just pop over one more page here. Um, John Collins has been kind of—he—he really hasn't been holding up his fourth-round draft value. I think. Um, let me see. Anybody else here? R.J. Barrett really hasn't held his value. I think. Well, Barrett was a, a much lower draft pick. I mean, he was, you know, seven to ten, round seven through ten. Oh, nine, you know? Never mind. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. seventh round value. Um, I don't know. This one's tough. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a lot of like super super busts this year. I'd love to I'd love to hear some of your non injury ideas. Aiden, but um, you know, some other guy, you know, Aaron Gordon, maybe sorta. I mean, you know, he's also I mean, I'm not exactly surprised where he shook out, but compared to where people probably drafted him, probably a, a bit of a bust. 
Steven Adams. I mean, I, I hope people weren't drafting him high, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he might've been a single digit round guy. Kobe White was the ninth rounder. I see that's the thing. Like with a bust, like how can you like really label someone a bust that's like ninth, tenth round, you know? Like it's a little, a little Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean we were kind of kind of it's pretty nitpicking, yeah. Pretty sparse, yeah. I, I think I think you know Jaron Jackson's a very obvious choice, but it's also, you know, you took the risk to to draft a guy who was injured and, and that bit you. <laughs> I'm seeing Hassan Whiteside's name pop up. He did come to my oh. world past him. He's been just doing like absolutely nothing. Mm. Whiteside's, a, Whiteside's a really good, a really interesting one too. I mean, there was so much risk baked into Whiteside this year, given, you know, his previous like two or three years, basically since, you know, his, his studly days in Miami, he's really just been such a, a question mark. Like he gives you com- kaboom games, you know, every now and then, but he also, I mean, just look at look at our ownership of this guy. Like he's a, he was a fifth round pick, drafted fifty fourth overall in our draft. He's got a long list of teams he's been on, and he's over the last seven days, he's he's not really doing anything. So fourteen minutes per game on the season. Um, yeah, it's been. A, he's, he's he's not getting minutes. I mean, so we'll we'll leave it to Whiteside. Whiteside's a good one, I think. Um, but they've also been saying, who is the waiver wire pickup of the year? Who's been your who's been your favorite waiver wire? I like just like specifically on your team. Well, I think you know Malik Beasley was my um, was my last or second last pick. Um, so in a ten team league, I think Malik Beasley's a decent candidate. Um, for me, right now, I'm just I'm so infatuated with Sadoransky. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 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 not even really doing that great. I thought he was doing so much better, and then we looked at his stats last week, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's nothing special. But I just he's he's kind of steady Eddie for me right now, and I'm enjoying it. And um, Zeller Zeller's been fun. Royce O'Neal. I mean, my team is full of rando waiver wire guys, but um, I, I think probably for me, I, I'd say over the course of the season, O'Neal. He's been the guy I've had the longest. I, I picked him up, you know, maybe week three, four. And he's not great either. He's just, but you know, yeah, 30, 30 points here, eighteen points there. It all kind of evens out to a low twenty average. What about you? Who's your guy? Um, well, I, I got to side with my guy Justin right now because I mean Kevin Porter Jr. has been pretty nice. Uh, yeah, he started playing again. I mean, you can't really find a guy that's going to get thirty or forty points every other game off the waiver wire. But um, if there was maybe one more guy, I think it might be Thaddeus Young. Daddy mm. is young, even with limited like he's his minutes are like 20, 24 a game right now, but he's still he's still putting up awesome numbers. Um, and he's been just I haven't even had to think about dropping him in like two months. Um, so I might I might say Thaddeus Young could be one of those guys. Uh, otherwise, that's a good one. I got to give it to Kevin Porter Jr. or Thaddeus Young. Those would be my two options. Uh, but man, my favorite player to pick, be picking up right now, if you're in twelve man leagues, is Dorian Finney Smith. Um, just look at look at some of these numbers from Dorian the last couple weeks here, uh, especially these last six games or so. He's just getting tons of minutes. The, he doesn't even need to score a lot of points just because he's a good rebounder and he's a really good defender. So he kind of always just has like a really high floor, even if he doesn't score a lot of points. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he's if he's you know getting me buckets and points come playoff time. So keep an eye on Dorian Finney-Smith. So. 
Let me see what else. 17, 18% owned. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. Go, uh, go, go run to your waiver wire and grab this guy. Pretty silly. <laughs> uh, and then I, I guess uh, I did, I did make a little watch list, but I, I, I've been trying to filter and find like new interesting ways to find players. And I mean, one of the easiest ways that I found was if you simply, uh, well, I'm going to filter by everybody and you just hit this plus minus here, you're going to see that like the most picked up people of late. Um, so this is just kind of, you know, ESPN stats, uh, Kelly Linick. Uh, this is, this is the one that got away for me. I, I dumped him when, uh, he got, when he got moved, uh, over to Houston. And it's one of the things that I'm regretting right now because he had this like 11 and a nine and then I let him go. I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens in Houston. And he's, since he got to Houston, he, this is, this is a pretty damn good fantasy production. And Absolutely, yeah. Wow, man. He's increased, you know, eight. I think when they do this in the percents, the plus 18.6, I think that's over the last seven days. So I mean, this is probably the last chance you're going to get to get uh, to be able to pick up Kelly Olenek in a 10 or 12 man league. So Houston Rockets, we've talked about these teams that aren't really good, uh, just having to play their young talent and see what happens. And Kelly Olenek is, I don't know. I mean, it's a garbage team, but he's, he's being a very core piece of what they're doing over there. So he's someone. Yeah. Go ahead. I think five, probably five of the ten, you know, uh, pickups of the year, pick up the up, uh, waiver guy, waiver of the year candidates are probably from Houston. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, Tate would be another decent, you know, guy you could throw in that mix. Oklahoma City has a bunch of those guys too. I mean, I I, I was enjoying the the Dort uh, Pozolinski rotation because Dort, you know, he would play great. He'd get hurt. Pozolinski would come in and start for him. He and then Dort would come back, and I just I just kept flip flopping those two for like three weeks. It felt like. <laughs> How do we say his name? <laughs> I'm, I'm still not sure. I, I really am not 100 percent sure. I, I think I, I just say Pozolinski because it, it rolls off my tongue well and it kind of looks like his name. But um, he's got a he's one of those more difficult names for me. And there's there, there's no Z in the beginning, so it's not Pozolinski. Uh, there's really no L anywhere. So it's maybe it's Pokashevsky. Pokashevsky sounds right. Oh, I've been saying it. Yeah, I apologize, Mr. Pokushevsky. Yeah, I, he gets Poku. That's fun. Straight to the point. Yeah, we'll call him Poku. Yeah, I like that too. I um, I've been butchering his name for months now, so I I, I need a nickname. So Poku is Poku is pretty fun. I like that. Uh, and then I guess uh, it's, while we're looking at these Oklahoma City Thunder kids, um, they, they've just been it's like it's like a wave and they just kind of go in spurts people have been dropping moses brown he's actually down about 20 percent over the last seven days and he just he had a 12.5 point game the other night 19 minutes 6.6 boards i've actually picked up tony bradley because tony bradley outshined him by uh, a good margin the other night here on the 10th against philadelphia and i don't know if that's because it was you know tony bradley going up against his former team uh, but it was a pretty massive game against Philadelphia. He went off for 16, 14, and three blocks. Um, wow. So, and just looking at the games that he's played since he's got there, like I don't think we're ever going to see 14 or 18 minutes for Tony Bradley the rest of the way. You're probably going to see you see these like 20 to 25 minutes. I think you're probably going to see 24, 25 minutes per game the rest of the way. So that does, in my opinion, it hurts Moses Brown a little bit. 
and then uh, like 16 and 14, that's going to be, you know, they, they probably had some kind of eye opening uh, Tony Bradley experience there and they might have to keep playing him. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested in Tony Bradley right now. Uh, anybody else like on, on the thunder right now that you think can, uh, can help us besides Poku. I like, he's been kind of day to day here, but I think once he gets back healthy, I think he needs to be owned. Uh, anybody else here for you? Well, I mean, you know, a lot of these guys are super, you know, and they're, I know they're owned in our league, but I think Williams and Dort and, and Malden, you know, they're all, they've all had their moments. Um, Dort is probably the most consistent of them, but he's also pretty injury prone this season. Uh, Poku has been um, really awesome when Dort has been injured. The, the few games where Dort and Poku have played a larger amount of minutes together, um, Poku does okay, but he definitely, for whatever reason, thrives when Dort is out. Hmm. Um, Ty Jerome, I, I've, I've owned at times this year, and he's been pretty fun. Um, but he's also, you know, when he's not when he's not cooking, he's pretty inconsistent. So hmm. um, it, it's it's it, it, there's you can you can really tell the teams that are kind of tanking, and um, it, there's. There's a lot of fantasy opportunity, but it, it seems to kind of follow the the hot hand mantra. So I, I just you know you, you know Kyle, you show us those those seven game trends and those those fifteen game trends a lot. And when I'm looking at teams, I mean I, when I'm looking at players to pick up, I'm looking at that all the time. But especially with Houston, especially with OKC, you know just follow the hot hand and and, and see where your chips fall. Um, there's there's a lot of middling talent on this roster that's young and, and they just want to see who they have. But I think Bradley, Bradley's an interesting piece too. And, um, you know, just follow the minutes. <laughs> and I, I like the Dort call quite a bit. He's only 14% owned. So that, that seems like a 12 man league. Sure. I'll take Lugan's Dort as my worst player. I think that, uh, that sounds pretty good to me. Uh, and then we yeah, he's definitely coming back right now. So yeah, go grab him. It's his, yeah, it's his only one game back. Uh, I did see my guy Mike Butter here ask us about the <laughs> guy. Let me show you. He's talking about Isaiah Hartenstein. Oh my gosh, we're really missing Drake, Mister Butter, because he really he's just our Cavs expert. But um, but we did have some fun Hartenstein conversations a, co- a little while ago. Yeah, we've, weeks ago. we've been monitoring this. I don't know. First game here that he kind of dips a little bit. Only 13 fantasy points, 22 minutes, 10.6 rebounds. Um, I'd have to look at the box score and see what the issue was or see if someone came back. But, again, we're expecting Jared Allen to be back in the mix at some point this weekend. So that's that's probably going to make things a little worse. Uh, but then you got Dean Wade, who's been <laughs> he's been equally like impressive. And his minutes have just been on a steady uptrend here. He's topping off like over 30 minutes per game lately. So I don't know how to, how do, how do we evaluate a, like a Dean Wade and Isaiah Hartenstein for the rest of the season? Um, it's it's complicated, man. I mean, Kevin Love is back. You have uh, Jared Allen coming back. I mean, you would assume, you know, a normal Larry Nance, what's Larry Nance's status? He might be. Illness. So he looks like he's probably coming back too. I mean, those are, those are their primary guys. Um, but on the other side of the coin, I mean, you know, they're, they're tanking, I guess you could say, I mean, they're, they're not necessarily, they're not really competing. Um, I don't necessarily know if like they're trying to win games. And so if that's the case, then Kevin Love immediately, you know, could get nixed from the rotation, 
but um, but he is playing a lot recently. So mm-hmm. you know, coming back, since he came back, he's been very much part of their rotation and even played a back to back. So I I'm not exactly sure what their approach is, but it's I mean as long as Love is playing and healthy, I imagine he's the, probably their number one post option. And then Allen seemed to me based on what's happened this year in Cleveland and what Drake has told us about. I feel like Jared Allen is kind of their starting center of the future. Um, And Larry Nance is probably going to be that primary guy off the bench. Um, So in in that scenario, which is what I assume will happen when all of them are healthy, if all of them are healthy, Wade and Hartenstein get a a pretty big uh, kick in the the pants because they get moved down the the totem pole pretty far. So we're going to, we're going to play America's favorite game <laughs> real quick here. We're going to go, we're going to get uh, Mr. Basley up here. Come on down. <laughs> we got Dor- uh, Dorian Finney. I don't know why. Like he's, he's a fun player to watch. He's one of my, uh, I don't know. He's like a guilty pleasure player that you just want to report. They're all guys. We kind of looked at a little bit, you know, from the different teams we focused on today. At one point, we looked at them at various points tonight. And over the last seven days, Dorian Finney-Smith averaging 29.3, Will Barton, 27, and Darius Basley, 25.5. So just in the last seven days, Dorian Finney-Smith, Barton, Basley. Last 15 days, it's like a tie between Finney-Smith and Barton. Uh, last 30 days, edge to Barton. So uh, now with this extra opportunity that, I mean, Jamal Williams or Jamal – Murray, I'm thinking Jamal Murray, uh, but for some reason, could, could the absence of Jamal Murray help a Will Barton just either get more shots up or maybe some more assists fall his way? Something like that could happen. So I like, I like Barton. I think I'm keeping. I think I'm keeping Finney Smith and Barton. We're gonna let Basley go. Uh, yes, absolutely. I'd, I'd be fine starting Finney Smith or Barton at this point. I don't know who you prefer. Now, I'd probably take Finney, uh, Finney Smith. I think Dorian has, um, you know, this this Mavericks offense has really figured its stuff out, and they're really clicking. And Luca is just, you know, driving a car like a professional race car driver. He's absolutely fantastic at setting the table for all his guys. And and Finney Smith is really, you know, he's he's the minutes have been there all season for him. He's been, I think, he's averaging over yeah thirty two a game for the season. I mean, he's 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 definitely a massive part of what they're trying to do. Um, and he's a, he's a great fit for their offense. And I think, I think as long as Luca is cooking, Finney Smith gets really awesome offensive opportunities. And you pointed it out earlier, Kyle, when you talked about him, he's, he's got a good floor. Cause he, even when he doesn't score, he, he rebounds well, he, he gives you some defensive uh, stats every once in a while. Barton, I think his role is probably pretty steady um, with the with the the injury to Murray. I just he's not really a point guard for them, and so I don't really see him coming in and, and handling the ball and setting the offense and stuff. So I think he, his role kind of remains unchanged. Um, but maybe he gets more minutes and maybe he gets more shot attempts. And, and the shot attempts, I think, is a very likely scenario. He gets more shot attempts with the loss of Murray. So. Um, he could get a little uptick, but it feels like Finney Smith is, is hot, and I like to ride the hot hand. And he's, I don't know, like Dallas Dallas Maverick players have been of interest to me because, again, we I keep coming back to the schedule. And, <laughs> I mean, week 18, like that's the first round in the playoffs. You're getting five Dallas Mavericks games. 
Uh, you're also getting five OKC and five Toronto. So keep Basley on the back burner, maybe. We'll see what happens. I just think OKC, man, we're going to be talking about them in two weeks, and we've had all this season to kind of digest what's going on here. So we're going to have to get some uh, some pretty correct OKC takes in a couple weeks. Uh, but again, 13 playoff games in these this, these three weeks here. So I like collecting Dallas players. Um that's a that's a that's a tough. Uh, I mean, you know, all these trash teams, you know, tanking teams, underperforming teams, whatever you want to call them, they're such a crapshoot. And guys, they just rest guys randomly, and and so it's going to be. I uh, will well, maybe we'll all give a different OKC take um, mm-hmm. previous, you know, the Tuesday before week eighteen, and we'll see who's right, Kyle. <laughs> well, here, here's, I mean. We've we've technically me and you we played in that championship two years ago. Mm-hmm. Why why did I win? We were playing garbage players from the Chicago Bulls. That's that that really was the difference in that week. Um, so that's just thinking about that all seasons made me really focus on these kind of trash teams because those, mm-hmm. those are going to be the players that you're picking up, you know, to get to the championship in the championship week. That's those are the players that in the teams that you really needed to monitor. Uh, and get the most because it's really easy to just collect studs and just always, you know, just play the best players. But it's those those kind of turning the stones over that's really going to help separate you when you get to the uh, the playoffs. So well, absolutely, and a lot of the, a lot of these studs are on teams that have locked in their playoff position, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily they want to you know maybe get a, a day off, an extra day off to you know just in, in, in preparation for potentially a long playoff run. And so, um, yeah, absolutely, those 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 trash teams or, you know, like a really good team that just decides we're going to rest a bunch of people. And, you know, you just got, you got to monitor the news. You got to monitor the minutes and, and um, obviously watch, you know, anything Kyle Bauer is putting out about fantasy basketball. Cause he's going to, he's going to keep you up to date. Hmm. Um, we got one more start bench cut here. I think, I think Aiden's trying to do this for like tonight. I don't know if he's playing DFS or something, but <laughs> Linick, Marcus Morris Sr. and Bojan Bogdanovic. I'm, I'm playing Kelly Olenek. Like I, I think these numbers are – and he even uh, acknowledges here that Kawhi Leonard's out tonight. I think I'm still going to ride with Kelly Olenek. He's just been too hot to bench. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm going to start Olenek. I'm interested in Morris. Um, with Kawhi out though, but you you just see this you know feast or famine with all these numbers. Um, so I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna bench Morris and then with uh, Boyan here, um, kind of the same thing. He's probably got a little bit higher floor. So if you're looking for someone tonight, sure Morris would be the guy, but maybe long term Boyan's probably the better play. I don't know, John. How do you how do you evaluate this? I gotta think about it the same way. Maybe like if you need a guy for this week, maybe Marcus Morris Senior. If you need a guy for the long haul, I, I go Bojan or Bogdan Bogdanovic. Um, but Olenek is our starter, obviously. <laughs> so I don't know. Interesting. I wanted to see what do we got for games tonight here. So the Brooklyn and Minnesota game already happened. That got rescheduled from uh, from yesterday. Uh, we got this game is just about to tip off. It looks like, huh? Yeah, six thirty uh, start time for. I thought those were six thirty. Oh, start yeah. This game's already going here. Yeah, so we we got a couple games cooking. Morris got eight and two already. Oh wow, George. <laughs> um, so no. Brogdon's back in the lineup tonight. Cares oh, interesting. Hurt. Yeah, I, I didn't think Brogdon would be back already. Bird's got 13 in the first quarter. 
interesting. Yeah, I take back my entire Dylan Brooks versus TJ McConnell take. Let's go, let's go Brooks all day on that one. <laughs> um, let's see what else we got here. He's Aiden saying, "Look at Montrez. Should I drop him for Trent?" Oh man, Gary seen- Trent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you should drop most players for Gary Trent right now. He's absolutely going off. Um, one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, if, if you if you don't if you have more centers than you need, I would absolutely do it. Um, so I, I'm not sure, Aiden, like what specific league this is for. Is it like an eight man or a ten man? Like, or what's your point system? Uh, but the last last 15 days, it's not even close. Montrez Harrell to Gary Trent, it's it's not close. Uh, well, was this the game? Yeah, he got ejected in this game, so that's why the numbers are are pretty much depressed here. <laughs> um, yeah, we got we got we also got Aaron Keenan asking, should I drop Montrez? Um, so John, um, let, let's play a game here. Like, would you would you rather have uh, Dorian Finney-Smith or Montrez Harrell? Yeah, I probably rather have a lot of players than Montrez Harrell right now. Um, you know, especially if you're in a ten-team league, I just there, there has to be someone out there on your waiver wire that's better better than Montrez Harrell. I think the only and now to be fair to Montrez, he's got that that power forward center you know, position flexibility, which is very nice. I mean, you know, you can take like a, if you're in a points league, you know, like a, a you know, three, five point loss on their scoring, you know, and their points, you know, their overall fantasy points per game average, you know, to have that additional flexibility, positional flexibility. I'm totally for that. Um, but if you've, if you're pretty stocked on centers and your power forward situation is fine. I mean, Harold is incredibly expendable to me. Um. I also, I mean, I picked up Reggie Jackson this week because it sounds like Patrick Beverly is going to be out for a while. Um, so, like, would you would you go get a guy like Reggie Jackson right now? Uh, just look at his, I mean, even the, like the last few games here, 25, 47, 15, 35, 16, 13. Like, we want to get that floor a little bit higher here. But, uh, again, Patrick Beverly is out with a hand, it looks like, until May. Then Rajon Rondo's got a hip right now. So this is going to be a heavy, you know, almost probably 30 minutes a game for Reggie Jackson going forward. Um, would, would you take him over over Montrez here? That seems to be a popular question. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, I think Jackson is definitely a hot hand right now. He's 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 a lot of fun and and you know, not only Beverly out, but we just, you know, heard from our, our main man Aiden that Kawhi's out right now. I'm sure Kawhi's not gonna be out long term, but you know, you know, any any it's it sounds like a really good situation for Reggie Jackson, and I've I've watched him. I've watched a couple Clippers games um, just because they're always pretty regularly on you know national TV, given their you know the late game a lot of the time. And and the, the ones I've caught recently, uh, Reggie Jackson is now not only you know is he putting up points and stuff, but he he looks good. He looks like he fits in that offense and knows you know just it's a it's a good situation for him. So. I like Reggie Jackson a lot right now. As long as Beverly's out, I would ride him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of guys on this list right now that I would argue you would want um, Montrezl Harrell over. Perhaps Cole Anthony, um, but uh, but beyond that, I, I think I maybe take all these guys over Harrell. Um, and and le- again, unless you need that center, you know, or that that center power forward flexibility is important to you like for example my roster you know i don't have a lot of centers i didn't draft a lot of centers um harold was a and i I took i took zion early but really after that i didn't really take a lot of power forwards either 
And so Harold's been a really actually instrumental piece to my roster design um, with that center power forward flexibility. But, but outside of that, his value is, is very low right now. Uh, Aiden threw out a good name here. And I've, I've been keeping my eye on him, but I missed him. He's on your team, Corey Joseph. Yeah, I lost. Uh, I lost a fantasy game because I forgot to. I forgot to wake up at noon, and and I just I assumed Trey Young was playing, which was just a terrible idea. And I lost by like ten or twenty points, and I could have swapped uh, Corey Joseph in for Trey Young, but oh man, um, but oh well. But yeah, Corey's Corey's been balling out. I I, I kind of just. We were talking about this last week. Uh, I picked. I had to decide between a couple different um, uh, Pistons because they had five games last week, and so I, I just I had no idea what I was doing. I was basically just shooting from the hip, and I was like, "Okay, I'll just take Corey Joseph." I feel like his he's the bench guard. I feel like you know Killian Hayes and all their starting guards are in flux all the time. But Corey Joseph, he has been pretty healthy. He's been he's coming off the bench, you know, pretty much his entire NBA career. It just felt like his position in the in the rotation is pretty solidified and um he's been he's been really good i mean especially good and i think a function of that is the injuries and the turnover and all that at their starting point guard position you know Corey joseph is really kind of um, the, the, the de facto floor general for that team mm-hmm. even though he comes off the bench and again that detroit it's it's just one of those teams that uh, you, you kind of kind of check out some of these bottom feeders because there's fantasy points to be had there, and, and all of a sudden you, you might be a guy that's going to average 30-plus points per game for a little while here. Um, definitely a player that can uh, that can help us out here. Um, so this is – I've seen that this is the trending tab. I don't I don't care for it as much because I like to see, like, the actual points. Uh, yeah. Here, but this, it's a good ranking system here to see what the rankings are. You can kind of see a couple other things here. But uh, – Aiden was asking to uh, to cook up uh, Nerlens Noel. Would you rather have Nerlens Noel or Montrez Harrell? That one that one's close. Um, but Noel's starting to come back into our fantasy good graces again here. These last three games. Probably take Harrell because of the flexibility. But I mean, if Noel, I also just don't expect Noel to be able to keep this up the last the last two games. But if I'm proven wrong, you know, if Noel has one or two more really good games, I. I'd go Noel all the way. <laughs> Interesting. So, and then the thing with, with Montrez Harrell is, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the Lakers by themselves right now. I mean, rest of season for, for Harrell, it gets me a little bit nervous with all the guys that will be coming back. Um, you got to think, you got to think uh, Drummond's going to continue to get more run as the season goes on here. Why isn't, there we got to click on that. So the current state of the Lakers here, Drummond's averaging about 24 minutes per game here, and Harold just 15 minutes per game. Um, I don't know, man. So is this a hot cut, or can you try to sell him? Can, like, can you try and trade him right now? Or are these numbers like, if you open this up and you see a five and a negative two, you're just like, you know, not not take this, right? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely see if you could swap him. You know, maybe sell him for someone averaging. 25 to 30 points a game, try to find a team that needs a center. Um, Again, I mean, I really do think that center power forward flexibility has some value in and of itself, but, um, but yeah, I would absolutely try to trade him because, you know, I mean, Gasol, uh, Drummond, Davis, obviously Davis is hurt right now, but like when those three are healthy, I just, it feels like 
Trez, who I thought was a key piece of this team, but at this point he really feels like the odd man out. Well, maybe they're also kind of giving him a little bit of a break before the playoffs. You know, you just got this new toy in Andre Drummond here. Let's kind of let's get him acclimated and playing, you know, more minutes with these, you know, these new players. Um, so there could be something like that going on here. So you, I mean, you actually own Montrez Harrell in this league. So like, is this, has this been a concern for you over the last few like weeks or so or last few days? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm trying to ride him and, um, and ride, you know, until, until Davis comes back. The Drummond thing was a really big, uh, really, really bad for, for Harrell and his value. But I mean, you know, Drummond got hurt and, and Davis is still out, and and you just kind of assumed Harrell would be just fine, just because the minutes were going to be there. Um, but even you know, outside of that game where his uh, his ejection, you you see the minutes really aren't super high for Harrell. So um, I don't know. He's 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 really underperformed for me. Um, not so much this entire season, but but since the Davis injury, I've been very a, a little surprised and and. Um, We'll see what happens, but I, I think he's he just, like I said. I just feel like he's the odd man out. But but if Davis doesn't come back until you know right before the NBA playoffs, and you know Drummond already got hurt a little bit for the Lakers, maybe I mean he's not always the most durable player. So who knows? Harold Harold could ha- you know, win you games, you know, and, w- and potentially even playoff games if um, things work out for him. But but. Dave, I would monitor if you are a Harrell owner like me, you probably want to be continuously monitoring the Anthony Davis situation like me. <laughs> so it's because we had a couple questions on like, would you rather pick up this guy or and drop Harrell? Um, so if you could find someone that's averaging like 25 to 26 points off the waiver wire, like, would you like, would you just cold cut get rid of him? Probably not. And again, I like I discussed, you know, he's he's a big part of my 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 roster design given his center for eligibility and, and I, have, I have a lower amount of centers and a lower amount of power forwards. So he's really quite important for me. But, um, but once Davis comes back, I think I would cut him, you know, mm-hmm. so, so that um, I think the correct thing to do is to look for a trading partner first, maybe. Yes. Um, that, that would probably be the best way to do it. So, we're going. I think you know, and like you said, there are a lot of people asking Montrez questions, so that probably means he's not as essential to their roster as he is to mine. So, yeah, I mean, if you're in a ten-team league, you know, like I said a little earlier, I really think he is super expendable right now, um, unless you need centers and/or power forwards, in which case there's there is that value there. But outside of that, outside of the positional piece, he's there's you could do better. <laughs> So we're going on about 46 minutes here. We got maybe 15 minutes left. Was there any any specific teams or anything like you want to make sure we look at tonight, John? Um, I didn't really come prepared with anything. Um, but you know, maybe I wonder if there is a team we haven't looked at in a little while. Uh, I feel like we, you know, over the course of time, we cover most of these teams. Maybe we could just take a quick peek at the standings. We do that a lot. Um, but and if you have ideas, Kyle, let's let's roll with them because oh. you're 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 a great point guard. <laughs> I'm getting into the habit of like before, like I'm sitting here before the show starts, I'm just making a watch list really quick in case we yep. have players here. And this this the Charlotte Hornets, Jalen McDaniel's, interesting player here. He's been getting a lot of minutes. Three straight games here, 29, 31, and 32. The points of, you know, the one game fell off here, but 
you get a range of 21.75 points all the way to 42. Um, my interest has peaked a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what to do with it. You know, I, it, that's a good a good little three-game trend here. But what's what what's let, let me just open up the Charlotte Hornets and let's take a look under sure. them here. And we'll go to take a peek. Isn't Gordon Hayward out for a while? Is this is this a direct correlation to Gordon Hayward? I I don't know Jalen McDaniels. I know a Jaden McDaniels. I'm one, now I'm like wondering if I'm like mixing these two players up, but I'm pretty sure there's a Jaden McDaniels who was drafted this year. He's in, he's in, uh, yeah. But Jalen is this guy. I'm not sure I know who this is. And um, but he's a forward. He's obviously you know maybe plays a little big, but um, but looks like he probably you know there probably is a bit of a correlation. Also, because you're on last seven right now, right? Um, you know, my my gut would have said you know with an injury to um, to to Hayward, Bridges would be a big beneficiary, and that looks pretty obvious. Thirty eight minutes a game. That's that's a lot of minutes. Um, but then, like the Martin brothers, uh, the twins, I thought maybe they would pick it up a little bit. Um, but uh, obviously, Jalen McDaniels is a big part of the the Gordon replacement plan, uh, or the Hayward replacement plan, and um, he seemed maybe he's playing some power forward minutes too. On top of that, so he's he's as long as Hayward is out, he seems like a good part of the rotation. So I wish there was there. We, there's the news. So he's expected to miss four weeks. So oh, wow. he came out on April 3rd. That puts him out basically until, you know, first week of May. Uh, and this is going to be, I mean, we're sitting here at 16.5% owned. Um, you, you get a, you get a month's run here, man. You, I guess you get three full weeks left. I would, I would suppose, uh, but that's going to make, I mean, PJ Washington should play better. I don't know what his day-to-day injury is, uh, but even like miles bridges, like if you're in a 10 man league, he's only 72% owned. Um, Devontae Graham, he's probably owned. Terry Rozier is going to be owned. But again, Cody Zeller, what's what's he been doing? His minutes have been weird lately, but he's been productive with low minutes, so that's that's encouraging. Um, nothing really else presents. I mean, what's up with Malik Monk? He was supposed to be the savior here. Um, at least two weeks with no Malik Monk. So it's it's Jalen McDaniels, man. Yeah, I, I did not realize how um, devastated the Hornets were with injury. That's not a team that I monitor so closely, but um, but yeah, McDaniel's is a really awesome piece, you know. For for look, maybe even the next month, you know. I mean, even even if everyone else comes back and Hayward doesn't, he might still be a part of this. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of wing minutes available, um, and the Martin brothers are not picking them up, which again, kind of what, what I would have guessed would happen. So, um, but that's, I'm glad you called out Miles Bridges, 70% owned. That is um, for as well as he's playing right now and the volume of minutes he's getting, that is criminal. Uh, if, if there are people paying attention in leagues right now and, and, and you're, you know, and you're in a less a semi-competitive or maybe a light, slightly less competitive league, Bridges is likely available, and I would go snag him because he is—he's—he's uh, he's a league winner. I mean, he could easily be a league winner if he's available on your waiver right now. <laughs> Did you see his dunk over Capella? 
Yeah, there was. Uh, I was watching Stephen A. Smith's Sports Center yesterday, or maybe two. I think it was yesterday, um, and he <laughs> and he was saying, Excuse, "Sorry, Anthony Edwards, but this is the dunk of the year." Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see it happen live, but uh, it was. I, I definitely watched a bunch of the highlights, and it's a it's a fun one. We could watch it now if you want. Yeah, I'll play. I'll play it one more time here for the people. Hopefully, you get some uh, the quality needs to get rebooted here, but. Let me see. I mean, that's over Capella too, who is there, you know is a, is a well-renowned uh, shot blocker and rim defender. This is silly. So that might be as, as of right now. I think that would be my vote for dunk of the year. Uh, but lot, I don't know. There's so many interesting names to pick up here. Um, I just wanted to point out at the standings too. Look at this rat's nest. Charlotte, I mean, they're they're riding on rims right now, man. Like the tires are flat, yellow mm-hmm. for a little bit yet. No Gordon Hayward for a month. Malik, yeah. two weeks. You got guys that John's never heard about being fantasy superstars in the making right now. And the Hornets are the sixth seed. They're they're currently nine games behind first. But you look at what's behind them. The Celtics are tied with them. The Knicks only nine and a half. The Hornets, man, they're on they're on like alert right now they could potentially drop down to like bulls raptors territory which is the a couple of like two games you know if they lose two games in a row all of a sudden things are going south pretty quickly here so this their best case scenario now is the playing game did you hear lucas comments on the playing game who luca Luca? yeah no i didn't because he was just like i don't see the point of having us play 72 games just to have a playing game, lose two games, and then miss the playoffs. He doesn't like that aspect of it. Well, I mean, the, the, I don't give a shit. He's not right. a fan. <laughs> right. um, I mean, it's not it, – that's that's kind of a sli- that's a slightly confusing take, but at the same time, I think, you know, the play uh, – there is a little bit of merit to that. Like the regular – you know, you play these regular season games, and especially because it seems like the NBA, you know, with the COVID this year, we thought – maybe a bunch of teams would miss, you know, there'd be one team that plays 62 and the rest of the teams play 72 or whatever, and they would be kind of weird. And, but that really hasn't happened. The NBA has done a pretty darn good job and they've, they've, they have, they made some good decisions to make sure to get the, all their games in. So um, I, I think it's, I think the argument is reasonable, but um, I, I, it's entertaining, isn't it? Like we, we just, just thinking about, I think we were discussing, I don't know if it was live on air last week or if it was, um, off air, but we were discussing the the kind of the rules for the play-in tournament, and it's it's just fun. It's fun to think about. Like it's it's unique. It's interesting. It's it's a cool wrinkle, and I think the fans are going to just eat it up. I mean, I'm super excited for it. It, it. I love these these do or die scenarios. Those are you know I think that's what makes March Madness the NCAA tournament so much you know so interesting for people who don't even like basketball. Um, it's just a, it's a cool addition to the NBA playoff structure, I think. And it gives it, you know, it gives some other teams a chance to, to make the dance. It gets some younger players, some more national exposure, which is a great, like it's, if someone hits like a buzzer beater to like win one of those playing games, like that's going to be the highlight of the day. Um, but I, I was going to say, I think this week on ESPN, just cause I have the TV on while I'm just at work, I'm just low volume. But it was the first time that I saw that they actually put the playing game race on the TV. Like they had the graphic, they had they showed seven, eight, and then they had the yeah. line, nine, ten, and a couple games behind it. But all of a sudden, we're watching that now, and that's I don't know, man. I think this could be something really popular and really good for the NBA going forward. And they might Absolutely. even have to like I don't know. They might have to like 
let this thing evolve a little bit and maybe get a little bit more fun even um but super exciting i love it personally you you love it yeah who can, we're we're the nba's number one fans so you know if we like it it ain't going away and they're, they're getting what how many more games of revenue out of this um yeah, getting a couple more games, and then also like your top seeds get a get a couple extra days off. I mean, I, I think it's you know, you're, you're no disrespect, but those seven to ten seeds, they're just you know, whoever makes the playoffs, they're just you know, you don't expect them to go very far. Um, so I, I think it's 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 just it, it makes sense on a lot of different levels. Um, you know, thinking about the NCAA tournament too. I mean, obviously the kind of apples and oranges, especially the playing games, but. Um, you know, the, the teams that go into the NCAA tournament, you know, think about UCLA this year, there's been VCU teams in the past, you know, the teams that take advantage of that playing game, they get a little bit, you know, just, just get the, the tournament feel, you know, just get the groove down just a little earlier, go in to the next game with a little bit of experience, a little bit of mojo, I, I, somehow, and, so, and sometimes that translates for these playing, these playing teams that make the, that make the field and, and, and make, makes, you know, the next game more competitive, or even they go on a little bit of a run. And so, you know, I'll be interested to see, you know, if how this impacts the winning percentage of seven and eight seeds or, uh, you know, whatever teams make it from the play in games uh, and in, in, in their first round matchups. I, I just I, I don't think there's that much like just looking at the standings and who's going to be there like you can make a case for any team seven through ten in both conferences to say that like they could legitimately be the seventh seed or whatever you know they could win that little mini tournament uh, so I, I think I just think the competition it's it's really unique and I think it's going to be really good uh, they also they get more TNT dollars they get more you know visual um, you know audience there for them so it's it's a really good situation uh, but I sure. don't know. We got we got three minutes left on the show. Any final thoughts before we get out of here tonight? Um, just the, the injury. I mean, we talked about it pretty much most of this podcast, but the injuries are nuts. I mean, just opening up the Hornets and seeing half their roster with an O or a DTD, it's just it's disgusting. You know, this is this is you know this is the time of year where you really have to pay extra attention. Um, and I hope, you know, hopefully our show and, and some of the other work Kyle does is helping you out. And there's some other good basketball resources out there, but, but just, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, fighting for a playoff spot, if you, if you can pay a little bit extra attention right now and, 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 you know, follow those seven and 15 day trends, like Kyle kind of tries to show you and, and, um, you know, keep this, this thing is really cool too, this schedule grid. And there are some other schedule grids out there too, but, you know, just keep the, the schedule in mind. I mean, you know, just 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 be thoughtful. Take the lessons you've learned throughout the season. Try to apply them right now because um, these injuries. You know, they're they're. I think I th there's there's got to be so few fantasy managers right now that are avoiding this injury bug. Mm -hmm. So you know, there might be teams that were you know guaranteed to make the playoffs in your league that are you know, a little more vulnerable right now, and they might, they might lose a couple games. So you know, if you're if you're fighting for a playoff spot or you're on the fringe, you this is this is uh, the, uh, the magic hour, if you will. So my final word of advice for today is I've highlighted seven teams here in orange. And now uh, the Dallas is like the only team on this list that has a white box, which is three games. But for the most part, all of these teams have 20 games remaining, at least 20 games remaining. And they all have a minimum of four games per week, you know, just with Dallas being the one asterisk, but I put them on the list because they do have 13 games in the playoffs. So, 
Uh, adding players from Dallas, Memphis, San Antonio, Washington, Phoenix, Charlotte, Jalen uh, McDaniels here, and then Chicago, which is my last talking point. What's going on with Chicago? Is there just so many new pieces there that it's taking them a little bit time to get acclimated and play with each other? Because they, they look really good in moments, uh, but they're still not winning games and not making up any ground in the East. Um, but I don't know. Anything on Chicago? Yeah, I've watched a couple of Bulls games lately because I because I actually was lucky enough to watch to catch the the fifty pointer from Levine and um, and I, I'm a big you know I think we're all Vucevic fans um, you know in our league and so you know I, I like to watch him a little bit and he's been it's been interesting watching him you know acclimate but um, it they're the, probably the most confusing team in the league to me because they have, as far as I'm aware they really don't have a lot of injuries. Um, they've been relatively intact most of the season. Um, Levine's hell, having a hell of a year. Um, you know, you, you just touched on Thad Young. Thad Young's playing really good basketball, some of the better basketball of his entire yeah. career. Um, and he's had a decade-long NBA career. And they have some pieces that just they make sense and they seem to fit together. And Vucevic is a good player. And, and yet, you, to your point, they're not winning any games. You know, the bottom of the East is – um, not good. And so it shouldn't be that hard to make up a little bit of ground, but they just, they can't, they don't play great defense. Um, you know, Vucevic and, and, and um, Levine, they suffer from kind of this, they're, they're very similar. They're, they're incredible on offense and they don't necessarily contribute too much on defense. And so they're getting ran over by other teams. Um, Levine scores 50 points and they get outscored. You know, they, they end up losing by like 10. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it makes no sense, but at the same time, you know, bad, bad defensive teams can often be plagued with lots of losses when you don't expect them to lose. And and those are the teams you're like, Oh, that's a super talented team. I don't know what's going on, yeah. um, but I, I would pin most of their problems on defense. Um, and I, I've watched them a little bit recently. Um, and, and so I know, you know, when you make a bunch of trades, sometimes it's hard for the system to, you know, kind of coalesce and come together. But even still, they're just they don't they don't it doesn't look right on the defensive end. And that's what whenever their their downfall comes, that's going to be it. And I mean, just communication, you know, building new communications with new players. And sometimes like with the Bucks, we watch them struggle for the first month or two just without, you know, players that haven't been there for. A while, so I don't know. I think there's still time for them to get things together, but I had to cut. I had to drop Laurie Markin in today. <laughs> uh, that felt a little weird, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm keeping my eye on Chicago, uh, but I don't know, man. I think that's going to do it for tonight's show. Tuesday night hangout. We'll be back next Tuesday. Hopefully, Drake uh, can join us. He's been a busy guy lately, but we'll do our best to get him on the show. But uh, I don't know. Thank you guys. I have one, one last thought. One last thought because I you got me thinking about bowls and I talked about Sadoransky earlier. That 50-point Levine game, I watched that game. Um, in the first half, Sadoransky had zero points like in made baskets or made free throws or anything, zero points, and he had like 15, 20 fantasy points. He had like six assists in the first quarter. He was – he. I love Sadoransky, dude. I could talk about him all day. But anyway, you were trying to end the show. <laughs> No worries. I mean, yeah, check out Tom Tomas Satoransky's uh, his numbers, man. If you if you're in a twelve man league, I think that's that's the correct league size to own him. Ten man leagues, it's a little close, but twelve man for sure. Check him out. But uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. You guys have a good night. Thank you for your time. Uh, we'll see you in another video. Thanks. Peace.